Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today, we've got Greg Hooven on the show. Hey, Greg, how are you? Good. How are you doing, sir? I am well. I'm excited to begin the week with you, Greg. Um, Greg is the president of Market Reach. Uh, Greg's uh, been with the business for a while. It is a, a company that focuses on delivering creative services solutions for technology marketers and technology businesses. We'll get into kind of the details of, of Market Reach and what it's working on today. Um, but before we get there, Greg, tell us a little bit about your, your path and, and your career today. Yeah, so I started off um, my career in uh, uh, crisis communication. So I worked with a company out of Boston. Uh, that's where I got my first start in my uh, introduction into the comms world. Uh, I always knew that I wanted to do something in the the marketing space. Um, you know, my father will tell you I was always uh, ambitious and wanted to go into commercial advertising. Uh, when I got out of college, I bounced around and um, tried a variety of different things. I did add copywriting for a little while for uh, an audio telesales organization, and then I did PR for an architectural firm. I worked at a point of purchase uh, manufacturing company and really tried to get a variety of different experience thinking the more well-rounded I would be, the more valuable I would be to, you know, whatever organization I landed at. Uh, unfortunately, that path became a lot longer than I thought it would be because it was always the, you got a good experience, just not the right or enough experience. Um, yeah, so I know. But the good thing with that, Greg, is that you, you, you learn kind of like what works, what doesn't, and you're, you're kind of on the coalface of doing the, the work. So, you know, I think now when you're able to look back on it, I mean, what, a, what valuable, what valuable knowledge, right? Oh, a hundred percent. Absolutely. And I tell that to folks in here is, you know, with a lot of our team, uh, team members, I know enough about what everybody in the organization does that I can sit down and have a conversation with them. So, you know, for instance, when we actually brought our uh, web development in-house, I sat down and taught myself some coding so that I could actually sit down with our developers and talk. Um, I could string together a website for you. Uh, it's not going to be pretty, but I know enough about it that I understand the baseline technology. Um, and can usually break the stuff that they're building fairly easily. But um, that was always important to me was understanding how things were developed and, you know, what different programs everybody was working in. It gives me a better understanding of the challenges that they have so that when I'm talking to our clients, not only can I help give them a solution, but I can also look at things from a variety of different angles to say, you know what, you're talking about X, but you really might be, you know, Y might be a better solution for you. We can do it, you know, more cost effectively. You're going to get the same end user results. And at the end of the day, it's going to save you a lot of time and money. Yeah, I, I you know, I'm a, like a lifelong market marketing 
person too. And so I, I totally, uh, I, I, I listen to your path and I, 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 I hear myself in that story as well. <laughs> so I understand, I understand it. I also think it's interesting now as we think about the next generation of technology, how that path is going to be so different for the next generation. But, um, you, know, I, you know, right with AI and everything. But before we get into discussions like that, tell us now. Uh, so uh, on, on what you guys are up to uh, in market reach. Yeah. So, I mean, really, uh, we've been, you know, doing fairly steadily uh, as far as business goes for the last six, seven years. Uh, we've got a, a stable of a lot of loyal clients and, I think that's one thing that's been good about our organization is uh, our client retention rate is very good. And uh, we haven't done a lot of self-promotion as a, a lot of organizations similar to us uh, struggle with. Uh, over the last year, year and a half, we've really put some focus on trying to get out there, uh, showcase our experience a bit more and actually work on our business development and, and marketing our own brand. Uh, so that's something that we've been focused on now, like I said, for about a year and a half, and really starting to see more, some momentum with that and, and trying to grow that. And, and it was, you know, before the show started, Greg, we talked a little bit about uh, kind of your your approach and how you guys uh, partner with clients. And it, it, it intrigued me because, you know, certainly in the agency world, we have people that are kind of pure agencies, you got to do it the agency way. Yeah. And then we have people that kind of are, are more kind of, um, I guess they, they can morph and structure with the client and have much more flexible approaches. I'd be curious to kind of hear what you guys do, how you guys handle that. Yeah. So we've got our, you know, our own internal processes as far as trafficking and how workflows through our system. But one of the things we try and pride ourselves on as far as a, a working relationship and we start off all of our uh, client engagements like this is we get to know who not only the individual is, but the organization as much as they will allow us. So, you know, especially when you're working with enterprise companies, they've got a variety of dispersed business units. They have, you know, their legal requirements, their brand reviews, um, you know, depending on uh, what the organization is, their geos that they have to go through, their alliances and all of those types of things. So we will be as hands-on and or as hands-off as the individual client wants. So we sit down, we get to know them, their individual likes, you know, do they like the color orange, the color blue? Is there something they absolutely hate? Um, and we'll go through all of that to get to know them. But then we also work on getting to know the, the organization as a whole as well so that we understand, okay, you know, client comes to us and they say, I want a four-page brochure. We're not just developing the copy and the layout for them and then handing them off a PDF to say, okay, there you go, here's your bill. We sit down with them and we try and figure out, you know, after building that relationship, okay, who are, what are the legal requirements, if there are any, that this has to go through? What are the brand reviews that this has to go through? And then what are the internal processes for making sure that that document actually gets published to whether it's internal sales portals, whether it's their you know, main website, how do they do that? And is that something that we can help them with so that they know when they come to us, they're not just getting that brochure, but it's actually getting out to the audience that they wanted to reach out to, which in my experience is a huge you know, misstep for a lot of folks. They'll create the asset, but then they never actually get it out to market because it's handed off to another organization or another business unit. 
and then it just goes into the queue. Yeah. So if you're not really part of that process or understand the process, there's definitely going to be misses and inefficiencies, et cetera. I mean, in the technology space, a lot of your clients are tech focused. What are the peculiarities about tech clients that you, you that really kind of differentiate them? You think in than uh, from other clients? Uh, so a number of different things. I think one is the speed at which they move, um, and you know, with tech in particular, the amount that it refreshes. Uh, we've had some folks that come in uh, to our organization and. Why don't you go into this industry or why don't we look at this? We could really grow in, you know, in this particular sector. And it's like there's so much business in the technology space and it's refreshed at such a pace that the market is just massive. Um, you know, so that's one aspect of it. And the other is particularly in our organization, we're dealing with and, and we talk to all of the candidates who come in to interview, you know, we're dealing with the tech of the tech. So, you know, you sit down and we talk about the computer that you're using or your phone. We're talking to people that, you know, get really excited about hinges on server racks and things along those lines. So we're talking about, you know, the geeks of the world. Yeah. Um, And they do have different personalities and they get excited about things that most people could care less about or don't even think about. Uh, yeah, so. I, 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 I think it's always the one of the challenges I always see with technology marketing is language mm-hmm. um, because engineers, the developers have a different language, set of language and acronyms that they have become accustomed to that customers just don't don't know or are definitely not used to at times, especially when they're, you're creating stuff for the end end users. I I uh, just moved house and I was having the lovely process of installing a Wi-Fi system this weekend. Yeah. And I, you know, just reading through the brochure, like if I didn't know technology, I, w- I was just like, no one's going to know that word. Like, no, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so that, that, that must be fun kind of like going through that process with them. Oh, it certainly can be. And it's, it's certainly changed over the last five, 10 years, you know, I think more people are becoming familiar with a lot of the different technology terms. So it is certainly becoming more of a, a way of life for a lot of folks. Um, it's not as bad as it was 10 years ago, where you're talking to a CEO who probably doesn't know, you know, much about the the backend storage or things that they're using in the organization. No, I know. But the word I was thinking of was node. Node, N O D E, and it's simple word. I'm sure that you know some tech guy was like, "Yeah, well, you know, it's just the multiple nodes in the house. We need to." Make, uh, and you know, my wife was like, "What's a node?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so anyway, but so tell me. I mean, it's been a transitional moment for a lot of companies, technology companies, uh, services companies, solutions companies. How have you how have you guys fared during the last year and and how have you changed? Uh, so I think the real big thing for us as far as how we fared is pretty consistent. Uh, you know, we were fortunate enough again with our industry that we focus on. Uh, there was a high demand. I think a lot of folks that you know were looking at upgrading their technology to things like you know going to the cloud, for instance. 
um, they were kind of forced into that with all of the remote, you know, working. We were already in a position where two years ago, three years ago, we kind of started setting ourselves up to be a little bit more hybrid model. Uh, so we had transitioned our entire team over to having that flexibility. And um, we ended up closing down fairly early in the, in the pandemic. And uh, it was about 24 hours and we were back up and running. Uh, the biggest shift for us was obviously the in-person events. Uh, those were some of our bigger things throughout the year. You know, we had three or four major ones that we did every year. Uh, those shifted, so they were virtual. And a lot of the folks that we worked with doing those events kind of, you know, woke up and said, well, I, I don't have money to do the, or I'm not doing the in-person event this year, but now that I've got time because I'm not traveling, I want to get all this other stuff that I've been talking about doing for years. So it just kind of shifted what, you know, what we were doing. Well, I think uh, we, we all need to come to you to then to ask advice because you, you'll know all of the ways that working remotely works and what doesn't work and what, what are your tips and tricks for others? Yeah, well, I, I, you know, for us, it was uh, we sat down about mid summer last year and we said, look, we know that remote working is going to become more um, frequent within our organization, but it's not something that we want to shift forward to, right? Uh, we had worked with a number of enterprise companies that did that 10, 15 years ago, and they started pushing their employees remote. And about five years ago, they pulled them all back. And we sat down as an organization and we said, there's a reason that they started pulling people back into the office, whether it was a lack in productivity, whether it was control, collaboration, I know there's a little bit of the lost, you know, team chemistry um, and sense of you know, the organization and the culture that ends up being uh, found when you're when you're fully remote. And that was something that was important to us that we didn't want to lose. So we said to folks, you know, we'll sit down, we're going to go through, we'll make sure that you have a little bit more flexibility as far as that's concerned. But we also want to be able to see you in the office from time. Yeah, I think that's a good, that's actually really good learning for, for companies now as they move into this. I, I don't want to say it's post-pandemic because we're not fully there yet, but uh, certainly uh, anybody in the U.S. right now probably feels like we're moving there fast. Um, yeah. and, and a lot of those discussions in terms of how much time people are going to be inside an office or outside of an office seem to be at the forefront of planning discussions for the back half of this year. But thinking more broadly than just the back half of this year and thinking a little bit more longer term, for, for your space and for some of the trends that you're seeing in the marketing and tech, marketing for technology businesses, what, what are your thoughts and hopes and, um, I guess, forecasts for the future? Well, for, for us, for the future, I think it's continued to do what we're doing. Uh, we're shifting pretty much annually now as far as what our focus is. You know, three, four years ago, we were doing very little with video development. And now that's one of our, our major pieces. We're doing more with interactive technology. Uh, as AI becomes more and more um, commonplace in marketing, we will be utilizing that and, and getting more involved with it. Uh, then you've got the marketing automation, which you know, we started doing more and more with over the last couple of years. I, I only see that stuff 
continuing to develop. And I think as people get more exposure to it, they will utilize it better uh, and figure out ways that they can actually improve what they're doing from a marketing standpoint. Um, you know, one of the things that we often talk to folks about is uh, anybody that you talk to right now talks about statistics and, you know, we need the ROI, we need the analytics and all this stuff. And the common conversation that we have when we start off with a client is, okay, but why? What are you going to do with it? Well, I get the report every month. Yeah, but what are you doing with it? Well, I, I put it in more oh, and I look at it again a couple of months later. And yeah. Like, yeah, so you really don't care about it. And that's, yeah, I, it's, it's such a funny thing. Um, you know, at one point I owned the website Death to Dashboards because <laughs> yeah. um, it, it was fascinating to me the obsession that the clients had marketing clients especially but also finance and other uh, sales and other divisions as well with dashboards they were more interested in the dashboards than they were actually in the real results Wonderful. and so it and, and 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 so i i it it's one of those kind of uh, fascinating things that you learn about human nature i don't i don't know if it's because it protects them with their own jobs it's easier to present to their bosses and their bosses bosses but um uh I, you know there at some point we're going to have to wrestle with that question of of dashboards i think i I, 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 <laughs> well, I i tell the story all the time um you know this was probably 5 6 years ago at this point i was at a, a trade show and was you know walking around we were there to support a number of clients and there was a booth there and they were doing some sort of software i don't remember what it was off the top of my head but it was something where at the time i was like we could really use that here and i walked up and i uh, spoke to a woman there and she came up and she you know hey nice to meet you did the introduction we talked for about 30 seconds she was trying to scan my badge and I said, I've got some questions about this. Yep, I'll bring somebody over. Let me just get the badge. And the badge scanner wasn't working. And I stood there for five minutes while she was trying to get my badge read. And meanwhile, I'm sitting there going, yeah, but I really want to learn about the product. Yep, just hold on, I'll get there. And it ended up, I ended up walking away because all I wanted was a couple of questions answered about how the solution was integrated, how much was out of the box versus how much we had to customize. And I never got that because they were more worried about scanning my badge than actually having a conversation about what their product did. Um, and that's something where, again, we talk to uh, our clients about as far as events are concerned is making sure that you're actually going to do something with the information that you're getting. And tell me, so it sounds like events used to be a big part of what you guys do. How are you envisioning that is going to work going forward? Uh, yeah, so we actually, Market Reach started as a primarily an event company. Uh, from my standpoint, I, I don't see them changing all that drastically. Uh, I think people are kind of itching to get back into the event world. And in fact, uh, my father, who was in the retail and clothing business for, for years, said the second that they opened those back up for their showcases, they were pumped. So I, 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 I am I am I am actually fundam I am stunned by that fact that people are so excited to get back to trade shows. But you're absolutely right, Greg. I've seen it in every sector. Yeah. Uh, there's such a 
I think it's just that it's, it's a learning about human nature. Humans like to be with other humans. We like yeah. to see each other. We like to mingle. And whether, whether it's efficient or not, that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> well, and from an event standpoint, you know, I think you run into the virtual events are nice. I think there will always be some element for that for the folks who can't travel. But you look at what you do on your computer on a daily basis, and I've had three or four that I've registered for over the last couple of months that I don't listen to, I, I have them on the background as noise, right? When I'm sitting there doing 50 other things, whereas at the event, you're actually interacting with people. You go to a session and you're sitting down, you're actually listening to that session. You're not you know, checking your email, doing 50 other things. So the attendance numbers go up because a lot of these virtual events are free at the moment, but the actual engagement, it, it, it's gotta have gone down, I would imagine. Yeah, it might be lower. I think that's kind of what you're saying, that they might not be really fully engaged. Right. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens, but I, I, you're absolutely right. I'm seeing the explosion of interest again, for sure. So we'll see how that plays out going further, uh, going further forward. Greg, it's been amazing to talk to you today on Uncaged. Uh, we've been talking to Greg Coven. He is the president of Market Reach. Market Reach is a company that delivers creative services for technology companies, technology marketers. Um, Greg, if someone wants to get in touch with you, where should they find you? Uh, our website is mreach.com and all of our social channels are on there as well as our uh, email addresses. Great. Well, listen, thank you so much for being on Uncaged Day and we look forward to talking to you again. All right. I appreciate it. Sir. All right. Cheers, Greg. Be Have well. You.